good morning. How is everybody? Amen. Well, uh, for those of you that might not know me, I'm Juliana Walker, and I lead the women's ministry here at Grace. But my uh, real claim to fame is I'm the pastor's mom. I mean, that could go either way. I don't know. Anyway, I remember about a year ago, some of you heard this story. I was at work and someone introduced me as the pastor's mom. And it just took me back because it was the first time I had heard it. You know, I used to be the pastor's wife. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the pastor's mom. Okay, I will, I will try to receive that. And I have. I love it. He's done a great job. So I'm glad to be the pastor's mom and the former pastor's wife. We're still married. We're still, we survived ministry. We survived pastoring. Amen. Speaking of which, it's good to see you, um, Hannah, your daughter, Violet. Violet and her husband, Jeff, pastor in Florida, and she's Vicki's sister. So it's good to have you here. For a long time, I've said we needed a different kind of podium. So if I trip, we need a different kind of podium. Let's pray, because I need it. Father, we come in Jesus' name, and we just love being in your presence. And most of all, Father, we love that you love us so much. We are just in awe of how much you love us. And Father, I just thank you that you have a specific plan and a purpose for our lives, Lord. And Father, I pray today that, Lord, you remind us what that is and what it is you want us to do. And, and maybe you don't know what it is. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that there will be more clarity today. And that, Father, you would give us your grace, your power, your ability to do it. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I get older, I'm faced with the reality of how short my life really is. But the truth of it, it doesn't matter how old you are. Life is very short. And David said in Psalm 34, remind me, Lord, just how brief, just how brief my time here is on this earth. He says, remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeting away. Don't worry, I'm not talking about death and dying today. Got to just give you a little perspective, though, on how we should live our life. You know, last Sunday, how many of you were here? Awesome. Uh, if you weren't, that's okay. Uh, you can watch it on our website. But Pastor Devin reminded us that our life hangs on our next breath. And when we realize that every breath is borrowed, that we don't own that next breath, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. So none of us are guaranteed that next breath no matter what our age is. And, um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of day after day, this thing we call life. 
we just get so busy and we don't really, you know, it's kind of like we, we, uh, we live like this is all there is, don't we? I mean, I have. We live like this is it. But you know, there is eternity. And there's something about when you live your life on purpose with eternity in mind, it changes everything. It changes your priorities, your values, your friendships, what you do, what you don't do, which, you know, God didn't call us to religion. It's not about do's and don'ts. But when God comes in and takes residence inside you, you change from the inside out. You start wanting to live for him and not yourself. You want to please him and not please yourself. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to get any pleasure out of life. It's not a killjoy like that. But we need to be mindful of why we're here. So a few months ago, I left one decade and entered a new one, a new decade. Um, I couldn't believe that I was blank years old. <laughs> you can fill in the blank, because I'm not filling it in. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. First of all, how did I get to be this old? You know, I just was like 30 God, that's, well, I didn't know him quite that at the time I said this, but I was like 30 and that's all I want to live. I mean, seriously. And guess what? I almost died before I was 30. Be careful what you say. And um, so it, it just kind of has been messing with me a little bit in a good way. And that way is, you know, where did time go? And God, what do you want me to do with what time I have left? And really, again, it doesn't matter how old you are. This is what I want you to get. God, what do you have for me to do with whatever time I have left? You know, I could say maybe 20, 25 years for me, maybe less. I don't know. But whatever time I have left, I have to get serious. Not that I wasn't serious before. I think we've been very serious about doing what God wants me to do. But now I have this new, it's like overwhelming, this overwhelming urgency to live on purpose, to live with more intention, more focus. And... Um, I want to, uh, I just want to zero in on God. However much time, I want to hear and see clearly what I should be doing with the rest of my, my life. And this morning, I pray that you would have that same urgency to live your life with more intention, with more purpose, with his purpose in mind. And um, so we're going to start with this. Pastor started with a question, so today's going to be a day of some questions. So have you ever wondered, why am I here, and what does God want me to do? Why am I here, and what does God want me to do? Is there a reason for my existence? 
do I really matter in the whole scheme of things? Um, in a little while, I'm going to show you a video. They're going to show you a video. I'm not. Of Francis, Francis Chan. And I like how he puts it. He says, what is the point of me? Think about that. What is the point of me? Am I just an accident? Or is there really a reason for my existence? So why don't we watch this clip and listen to him as he shares some really insightful thoughts about our creator and about our existence. I love that, that there's a reason that you and I are here and that God determined, you know, when would we, we would be born and where we would live so that maybe we might feel our way toward him and actually find him. You know, I always used to wonder, like, why was I born at this time to this family at this place? You know, have you ever thought about that? Why? You know, why wasn't I born, you know, like in the 1900s, you know, sometime, 1950s would have been good. No, um, you know, why? And, and it's God has a reason why we live where we live and that we were born where we were born. And it all has to do uh, with our purpose and for finding him. And let's look to Acts 17 um, in the Message Bible. I'm going to uh, say it in a different way. I, I love the message because uh, it does. It just brings it uh, in a different uh, perspective to us. Acts 17, verse 26 and 27. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. When I first read that, what popped in my head was, God's not playing hard to get. He's not. He's not play, playing hide and seek. He really does want you to find him. And I love how he said out of Romans 1, you know, when you look at creation, you see his invisible qualities and his divine nature. I'm from Hawaii. I lived in California near the beach. And to me, even when, uh, you know, before Christ, I knew there was a God because of the ocean. It's like the ocean spoke to me saying, well, really God was speaking through that, through his creation, the ocean saying, I actually exist. And for you, it might be mountains, lakes. I, I can't understand if it's deserts, okay. <laughs> but he doesn't make it hard. Even in everything he's created, we can find him. And so when I look at back, uh, look back at my life before Christ, 
I can see how he orchestrated circumstances, you know, people he sent into my life, places where I lived and where I worked. And all these things, now I can look back and see, because at the time I couldn't make heads or tails of what was going on in my life. But when I look back, I can see how all those things set me up for feeling my way toward him and finding him. I'll tell you a quick uh, little story. Um, I have a sister, uh, Yvonne, she lives in Florida. And she was living here in Arkansas at the time, and I came for her wedding. And um, I was, you know, that person in the family that nobody thought was going to get saved. I mean, there, if I got saved, there was a God. And so she was praying for me that um, a Christian would come to my place of employment. Well, the deal was, I was this executive director of a nonprofit agency, and let's just say the work environment was not one that I would like hire a Christian to be a part of. I won't tell you anything else. And so, um, you know, after a few years, well, let me give you this little background. You're going to find that this, this person here in front of you was not always so perfect. <laughs> Still not. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to think of how to say this. Okay, so I was like 23, so I was young, all right? And the deal was when I got hired, well, before I got hired as a director, I was an assistant director, and the director came to me and said, listen, you know, we get funding from the United Way and from the city and the state and all this money, but we need more money, and I'm playing with the numbers. So the more people we serve, the more money we got. And so she said, if you ever want to get my job, you have to do this. I was young. I wanted to be successful, and I did it. So after a few years of being the executive director, um, the president of the board called me in, well, he came to my office. And he said to me, you know, I really like you. And I thought, oh, gosh, what, what's happening here? He said, but I know what you're doing. And he said, um, well, you know, I'm going to give you a choice. He said, uh, you can resign right now or... I can go and report you and you will press charges against you. And so, you know, like I'm a cheat and a liar, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> okay. I resigned because of the amount of money that was involved. I could have been in prison. Thank God what the enemy meant to destroy my life. I didn't know at the time that God was going to use it to bring me into new life. So I got a job right away at a, an employment agency. So my sister was praying that a Christian would come to my place of employment. I thought it was going to happen at where I was the boss. And in this other place, they hired a Christian woman. And I'll never forget her as long as I live. Just a big, in a good way, big mama type of woman, Hispanic, so friendly. I mean, I, I wasn't. And I was so negative. She was so positive. She got on my nerves. 
She was just so nice to me. I was like, don't be nice to me. You know, I, I, I want to get ahead, right? And you don't get ahead, be nice. See what kind of person I was? And I saw there's hope for any of you out there. There is a God and he has power to change us from the inside out. So anyway, she harassed me is what she did. And back in the 70s, there wasn't anything about harassment. But she harassed me about Jesus. And she was like, come to our church. It's so cool. We go to the beach and get baptized in the ocean. And our, our pastor wears shorts and Birkenstocks. I'm like, I don't care. She kept inviting me, so I wanted to shut her up. I said, yes. I had a daughter at the time. I don't know, maybe she was five. And so we walk into this charismatic church. Now listen, I'm a Catholic, okay? And I used to be, wasn't practicing. I just grew up Catholic and went to Catholic school. And so anyway, I walk in and they're like making noise and clapping. And I mean, please, that's crazy. In the Catholic church, you only answered with a prayer when the priest said something and you responded back. God forbid that you would clap. But we did in the 70s. Holy Spirit started moving in the Catholic Church, and boy, I thought we were all going to hell when that happened. You know? <laughs> For clapping and greeting each other. It's like, I wasn't comfortable with it. But um, I left. I couldn't handle that. They were too happy. Plus, I saw some people from my Catholic high school, and I was like, no way. I'm not, not going to stay here. Um, she got worse. And so she invited me to a beach thing, and that was cool. So I went to the church one more time, and that's when I encountered God in a non-Catholic way. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit and how you get slain in the Spirit. And I didn't even know that I needed to be born again. I mean, the pastor said, um, well, I'm not going to preach today. I'm like, what? What are you going to do? I mean, because in the Catholic Church, you know what's going to happen, you know? And so he said, let's get in little groups and pray for one another. Well, I turned around and she grabbed me. Now, remember, she's a big woman. I was like, oh, crud, that's not what I said, but it says something else. I'm not leaving. I can't leave. And so um, they start praying. And oh my gosh, I'm like thinking, you guys are praying about me. How do you even know me? And I, I you know, was all about appearances and I just, I wanted to cry and I couldn't. And she just said to me, do you want to get born again? You want to get saved is what she said. I'm like, what's saved? Before I could even finish my sentence, she's dragging me up front. In front of everybody. It was a big church. And I got saved and I got slain in the spirit. I mean, gosh, what is that? I don't know, but it happened to me. So I know it's real. That's the cool thing about that. So I'm on the ground. That's what it means. I fell on the ground. Nobody touched me. I'm crying, and I'm just being cleansed by God. I mean, I had like a Damascus Road experience like Saul. And I mean, wow, talk about finding him. And um, my life has never been the same, but God orchestrated that. And he, I wanna say something to someone right now today. 
God will go to great lengths, like he did in my life, to, to set people in your life and, and, and to take you to places to live or work. And, and he'll just create circumstances that will cause you to encounter him and find him. And, and if you wonder why, it's because he loves you. He loves you so much. He will do whatever it is to bring you back to him. And you're worth it. I just, I want to tell you, you're worth it to God. Your life might not look like anything to you right now. My life, I could write a book. It was awful. But he set me up to feel my way toward him. And my life is not the same anymore. The reason, you know, everything I do now, uh, not everything, I mean, I try to my best of my ability and that's all you can do, but to be obedient, to glorify him through your life. You know, when he comes in, it's not this outer part. It's not the religious part. And I don't know why, but someone needs to hear this. It isn't coming to church on Sunday and looking like you got all together and, and do, do the do's and the don'ts. And it's not religion he saved you for. It's relationship with him. And through that relationship, he will come inside. And all those things that you don't like about yourself, that you try to change yourself, he does. He changes you from the inside out with his power. And it's not when the church people think you should be, you know, all cleaned up and perfect. You know, if anyone told me that I had to be, I had to have it all together, that's what I thought anyway. You know, that I had to have it all together in order to, you know, come to Christ. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. He's come for those that are sick, that are hurting, that are broken. You come as you are, and you allow him to change you. And he will, through the Holy Spirit, he will. So I went on a little bit more than I wanted to, but I think I was supposed to. Amen. So the good news is that God wants to be found. He doesn't make it difficult my story um, is one that should encourage you that even though you might not be, you might be in a dark place right now and you might not see that there is any kind of different kind of life. But I'm here to encourage you with my story that I just told you. You know, it's not always fun to tell, you know, people your story like that. But I don't do it for that anyway. Right? I do it because I really feel if it can help one person, it's worth revealing your weaknesses, your sins, you know, all that. If it means it's going to bring someone closer to finding Jesus. So I hope that it does encourage you. So the big question is what is the purpose of our existence? And I want to tell you that, you know, we exist, yes, for him to find him, to encounter him, but not just that, to know him, 
to love him, to have a real, authentic relationship with him. Not just this church-going thing, which is great. We want you to keep coming. But it's so much more than that. We are here to have a real relationship with him. Let's turn to Philippians 3.10. And this is the Amplified. For my determined, it's uh, Philippians 3.10. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. You know, before you can ever attempt to find out what is that thing that you're here for, because there is a specific thing, okay, or purpose, whatever you want to call it, assignment. There is something specific that he has for your life. But the main thing is that we know him, that we have a relationship with him, because out of that relationship will come your purpose. Nothing's more important no relationship, and no calling, for that fact, is more important than you personally knowing God through Jesus Christ. Bottom line. If you think you're all that and what you're doing for God, and you don't have a real relationship with him, I mean, I just couldn't do what I do without being connected with him without doing it in his ability, his power, not my own. You know, we, we've got some things that we can do, and that's great. But you got to turn it over to him and allow him to breathe on it, to anoint it, whatever, to give you his power to do what he wants you to do. So before you can attempt to find out what it is that you're here to do, you got to know him. So, what does a relationship with him look like? So, this is the part of the service where you can actually talk back. You can see how where Pastor Jeffrey gets it. We like that participation. Um, what's the basics of any important relationships? I mean, a relationship that means a lot to you. What are some of the basics you have to have? Ooh, that's all good. Yeah, that's it. All of it. You heard, you heard him? <laughs> Communication. Someone said that. Communication. And that's both ways. Don't you just hate when it's just one way? You're talking to someone and, well, no, you're not talking. They're talking. <laughs> it's communication, communicating both ways. That means you don't do all the talking all the time. There's some listening. You know, that's how relationships grow. So, you know, we call that prayer. When you're talking to God, when you're listening to God, it's called prayer. So, what else does someone say? Say it again. Trust. You got to have trust. God wants you to trust him. And in order to do that, just like in a regular relationship, you have to be honest. He knows anyway, so I don't know what we're trying to do by hiding stuff. But we have to be honest and open. 
transparent in order to have trust. Okay, what's an, uh, give me another one. Ooh, commitment. That's a good one. And in the commitment, one of the things, hmm, that's a good one. Because in our relationship with people, nowadays in the world, it's, you know, I'm committed for this amount of time, and that's it. You know, when you've had it, you've had it, and you're done, and it's, and you know, with God, we can try to leave him, but I'm telling you, I've tried. <laughs> Some of you know my story. I, I tried to walk away one time. But he loves us so much. And he's not going to let us get away. He's always going to be wooing us back, always drawing us back, sending people in your life to let you know that he still loves you. Commitment, that's a good one. Another one is, uh, in a relationship, we need to express our love for that person, right? How grateful we are to them. We have to tell them that. And that's with God. We've got to worship him. That's what we call worship. Just letting him know that we love him, that he means so much to us. We're so grateful for what he's done uh, in us and in our lives. And then another one. How about spending time together? Spending time with him. I know it's just so hard to grasp, isn't it, that the God of this universe would want to spend time with you and I. It's just how much he loves us. We were made by him and for him, and he wants to spend time with us. Amen? So your relationship with him will always be the most important purpose in your life. And in the life to come, really. Nothing he calls you to will ever be more important than knowing and loving him. And I, I want to say this. He didn't make you or save you just because he wanted to use you. You get what I'm saying? Yes, he has a purpose for your life, but that's not why he made you or why he saved you. It's because he wanted to express his love to us. He wanted to bring us back to him. That's what he wanted for us. And uh, I like how Francis Chan, and, and it was in the, the Acts 26, but like God doesn't really need us to do anything for him. He really doesn't need us to. Uh, one version of the message says, he doesn't need us to run his errands. <laughs> I like that. No, he doesn't need us to, because really what he wants is us. But out of that, yes, he has prepared in advance works for you to do. But it's going to come out of a personal relationship with him. That's what I want you to get more than anything else. Uh, it's all about knowing him and loving him.
Let's uh, go to Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. And I'm going to wrap this up. I've got to go really fast now. Hey, good. I only have five pa- uh, one more page. Used to be 12, those of you that knew me before. Used to be 12. Devin says I'm making progress. I don't know. Okay. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. It is Christ that we find out. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. I'm going to skip to 16. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. That's a good prayer. Make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. So your identity, who you really are, who he created you to be, and your purpose for your life, why you're really here, is found through a personal relationship with God through Christ. Now, real quick, the second reason you were created. The second reason that you were created is to point others to Jesus. You know, um, I kind of skipped over something. But I want to say this. One of the questions that I have asked myself before, and I want you to ask yourself, is how does your life reflect who he is? Because that's what we're here to do, too, is to reflect his image to others. To let them see Jesus through us. I am cutting out, aren't I? Are you doing that to get me off the stage? Okay. (laughs) We are made in his image, and we are called to reflect his image to others. And so God is giving you... Uh, amazing talents and gifts and abilities. Maybe some of you can't see what they are right now. He maybe has given you some leadership abilities. You know, maybe you're a wise person. That's, that's awesome. But all these giftings and abilities that he's given you, they're all for you to use to point other people to Jesus. It's not just so that you... Um, can be successful in what you do. And that's awesome if you are. Yes, do it to the glory of God. Be the best that you can be in him. But really he's giving you, are you still hearing me? Okay. He's giving you a platform. Now it might not be this platform and don't everybody rush up to this one because it's all not not that great. (laughs) In the sense that there's a lot of responsibility. Do what you've been called to do, okay? Stay in your own lane. But he's giving you a platform, if you understand what I'm saying. A, 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 um, a set of gifts and abilities to influence others for Christ. And you know, he's called you to do something that's only uniquely for you to do. And I, I'm going to just veer off and I'm going to end it in a little bit, but 
You know, I never thought I had anything really to offer for anyone until I came to Christ. And I understood that it's really not about me. I don't have to be all perfect and have it all together. I don't have to teach like Pastor Devin does or my husband. I've got my own gifts, right? You've got your own. And I've learned after 30-something years of ministry that i got to stay in my lane and do what he's called me to do, not anybody else. Sometimes I try to be like this person, talk like this person, whatever. He's happy and pleased, I should say, with who you are, how he made you. And he wants you to be you. I am me. I am finally me. I don't make excuses for it. I don't try to, you know, dress a certain way so, you know, people will accept me. I dress the way I want to dress, you know, as long as, you know, it's okay. But I just, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to be me because that's really all he wants is for you to be who he made you to be and do what he's made you to do, what he's made you to do. That's it. So let's stand. You know, um, maybe you're confused right now about what it is that you're called to do. Don't worry about it. It will come out of a relationship with him. But look to Jesus. He's our model, our role model, if you will. He's our example. We're followers of Christ, right? And so look at his life and how he poured out his life for others. Do you know, he was a servant. He chose to serve and not be served. So if you ever get confused, just look at what Jesus did in his life. Then look at what he has given you. Your personality, your gifts, your abilities. Look what he has given you. And then do it to the best of your ability with his help. He's created you for a purpose. Father, I just thank you right now that every person in here, Lord God, you made them just the way they are. And you love them. And Lord, I just thank you right now that you have a plan for them. But the thing that pleases you the most is when we come to you and we get to know you and love you. And Father God, be obedient to what you're calling us to do. And maybe you feel like, how could God use me? I'm all messed up. Don't worry, he likes messed up. He can work with that if you just allow him to. Man, if he could use Rahab the prostitute, if he could use David the adulterer and the murderer, there's hope. He can use you. You just give everything to him. Allow him to just come and work in your life. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're able. You're able.
able, Lord God, to do what you want to do with our lives if we allow you to. So I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for showing them, Father God, why they are here and what you want them to do. And I just thank you and give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.